the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Well, we're getting you ready for the World Series, but also some Diamondbacks finalists for some of the awards. We'll dive into that as well. I'm Steve Zinsmeister for Cody Fincher as well on the Ain't No Fang podcast. Thanks for checking us out this week. Let's start with the D-backs since we are an Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Some finalists for awards that I mentioned. There's the Gold Glove Award, obviously given to the best defensive player at every position. The Diamondbacks have a couple of those finalists. And then also the Silver Slugger. Where would you like to start this week, Bear? Let's go Gold Glove, shall we? Okay. Let's start there. So the Gold Glove Awards. There are three finalists at each position. And the Diamondbacks, by my math, have one, two, three current players nominated. One former player nominated and one of the three on the team is nominated at multiple positions so (laughs) let's kind of run through it quickly i'll give you the the rundown of who they are and what position and then we'll break it down so dalton varsho qualified in right field and as a utility player which i find interesting the utility that's new this year right I think so. I've never seen that before. I don't I don't think I don't think it was a thing last year. Yeah, and it's just kind of weird to be nominated at do, multiple do positions. Do we know what the qualifications are? Like you have to I'm sure it's I like don't, you, but I can look it up. I'm sure it's you have to play a certain amount of games probably yeah. at multiple positions or whatever. Yeah, probably. Um so he qualified at two different positions including right field. Alec Thomas in his rookie season qualified in center field. Christian Walker qualified at first base, which we've seen him there as a finalist before. And David Peralta is the one who qualified. He spent half the year with the Diamondbacks and about half the year in Tampa Bay after the trade. Who impresses you the most making this list? What do you mean by impresses? Uh, Were there any surprises? I'm kind of surprised Dalton Varsho is on the list. Um. I really, I'm not that he had a. I thought he had a bad season defensively. I don't think that at all. Um, but I didn't expect him to make the list. I guess this year. Also, maybe even more of a surprise was Alec Thomas in the short amount of time. Not sure. I guess he was up for what three quarters of the season. When did he get called up? Roughly June. June. I want to say. I don't know if I can't Feels remember. Like June. But um, but yeah. I mean. Uh, I think Alec Thomas and Varsho are probably my two surprises there. Uh, I'm not surprised at all that Christian Walker is up for a Gold Glove. Um, I think he, I think he should win it. Honestly, I think he should be in serious, in serious, uh, serious? in serious contention to win the award. <laughs> the other finalists at first base in the National League are Paul Goldschmidt and Matt Olson, I believe. So I think, and I think Christian Walker, he. I was because re- he he apparently won this uh, f- uh, fielding Bible award. Um, I'd never heard of this award, but they, it's kind of like a gold glove. I don't I don't know what fielding Bible is. Is that a website like a publication? I, I have no idea. All I know is I got an email saying that Christian Walker won the first base fielding Bible award, and they said that he led the National League first baseman with 17 runs saved, and it's the most by a first baseman since Joey Votto had at 18 in 2017. So Christian Walker had a fantastic year at first base. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of shocked. I'm kind of shocked David Peralta is on this list too, honestly. Year after year. Yeah, I mean... Is he really a, that good? He's a solid defender, but I don't think he's a gold glove winner 
it's 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 kind of you can argue that he might he shouldn't have won it the year he did. I can't remember what year that was, um, where he won the Gold Glove for left field. But I mean, it's just it's it's kind of weird too because obviously he was traded to the Tampa Bay Rays. So does it really count? He played. Uh, what was it, 87 games for the D-backs and only 40-something for the Rays. So, yeah, it, it's just kind of weird there. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm a little shocked that Varsho and Thomas are on the list, seeing as though they're kind of younger players. But, I mean... Thomas came up on May 8th. Okay, so May. Earlier so was, than we thought. Yeah, so... But I'm putting out there, Alec Thomas made some incredible defensive plays this year. Sure did. And Varsho isn't too shabby either. I've seen him make some great plays out in center and right field. Um, I don't think he's going to win this glove, gold glove utility spot for his catcher uh, abilities at catcher. But yeah, it, it's it's kind of cool to see these D bags, especially two of their young players, up for this up for these awards. So if you look through some of the defensive metrics that you were referencing, so Walker, for instance, we both agree deserves to be in this category. It's Christian Walker, former D back Paul Goldschmidt, who he replaced, and then Matt Olson. And between the three of them, you mentioned 17 defensive runs saved for Walker. Not only is it one of the biggest numbers in a long time, like you mentioned, if you look at the other two finalists, while Walker has 17 defensive runs saved, Goldschmidt has two. Olsen has five. So if you want to just go on DRS, Christian Walker runs away with it. You look at the error numbers, Goldschmidt only had one error, so his fielding percentage is through the roof. It's like 999. But if he's not making the shall we say, more rangy plays, more athletic plays like Christian Walker is, then it's not as impressive. He's not making plays. He's just not screwing up. Whereas Walker is creating plays. plays. He's making the plays. That ball that stretches to you his right that might go between him and the second baseman, instead of letting it go, he makes a play on that ball. In that that weird fielding Bible award email... um, they said that uh, Walker, here's just from the, the email, Walker dominated defensively with outstanding range and was the only first baseman to convert more than 50% of opportunities on balls hit to his right into outs. Yeah. So, I mean, Makes he, sense. he's making plays. He's he's ranging. And you know what? Those numbers probably will go down once they ban the shift. Um, so, I mean, because sometimes you'll see Christian Walker is the only guy on the right side of the infield, you know, with these shifts for right-handed pull hitters. So you might see those numbers go down a little bit because they're going to be banning the shift next year. But, you know, that being said, Christian Walker, I, I think he's going to, he should win the gold glove award at first base. It's also, he should win. It's also pretty helpful, I think, to have a rangy first baseman. While defense isn't highly valued at first base around the league, I think in this case it's good because your second baseman is not very rangy. Cattell Marte, while I know he came up as a shortstop and he played one of the toughest positions on the field, and also he played center field, so it's not like he can't move. But I do feel that Marte is a little bit more limited than some of their other infielders. Yeah. I feel Josh Rojas has more range. I certainly feel... Perdomo has more range. Nick Ahmed, when he comes back, if and when he comes back, will have more range. So I feel like having a good defensive first baseman helps. When you go to Alec Thomas defensively, some of the metrics, he's up against Trent Grisham and also Victor Robles. Uh, Just focusing on defensive runs saved, Thomas has six, Grisham has eight, Robles has 12. So you're already dead last in that metric. But if you also look at outs above average, 
Uh, yes, yeah, six for Thomas, sixteen for Grisham, five for Robles, um, and also Grisham has the least amount of errors. So I'm kind of leaning Trent really? Grisham. Are you sure? Yeah, he only has two errors on the season. Trent Grisham is not not a smart baseball player. Let's just say that only two. A fielding percentage remember, of nine ninety four. Remember, the highest Trent the Grisham was the one in 2019 that that screwed up that base hit grounder in the wild card game that allowed the Nationals to win. And without Trent Grisham, the Washington Nationals might not have won the World Series. Who knows? But the argument that Robles has is he has seven outfield assists, yeah. which are kind of like the flashy He's throwing guys out. Yeah, it's almost like the slam dunk of being an outfielder. <laughs> he has right? this many alley oops as an outfielder. Right. He's got seven. Thomas has four. Grisham has three. But I think that the overall metrics probably favor Grisham. Yeah, he he. I don't think Alec Thomas is going to win that award. Pretty impressive though that in your first season you established sure. yourself as a top three center and fielder, and you didn't even play a full season. Yeah, that's um, crazy. I don't think Dalton Varsho is going to win right field either because Mookie Betts is a finalist. Yeah, let's see. Mookie Betts is ridiculously <laughs> good. This is funny to me. So the defensive metrics. Can can I just say before you read those, please? How the hell is Juan Soto on this list? That's what I'm getting. To. How how in the world that dude has had a horrible year defensively? Okay, so let's horrible. Let's look at the numbers. Defensive runs saved. Varsho, 14. Betts, 15. Pretty close. Okay. Juan Soto, negative two. What? Negative two. Negative two? Negative two. He cost his team two runs. Okay. Wow. Let's let's look at outs above average. Varsho, 10. Betts, five. Okay. Juan Soto, negative 14. What? How is he a finalist? Negative 14. Those are two categories that are negatives. You're costing your team. How many errors? He had three errors. Okay. Which is, I mean, Betts had two, Varsho had one. Okay. I mean, if you look at just the numbers, Varsho has an argument against Mookie Betts, but we can all do the eye test and know that Mookie Betts is one of the best fielders. How many outfield assi- How many assists? Um, outfield assists. Because Betts is, has a great arm. Varsho has six, Betts has eight. Soto has three. Negative. Negative. <laughs> Negative <laughs> the, eight. The throw went backwards. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand why Juan Soto yeah, made this category. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> I really don't. Um. I think Mookie Betts is going to win that. Just you know, he's a Dodger. You know, he's a popular player, and he's he is he is arguably the best right fielder in baseball right and now. And yet, there was a rumor. Did you see the rumor about the Dodgers that if they were to make a play for Aaron Judge, they would Mookie Betts would be willing to move to second base. Oh, the, he'll just win a gold glove. Arguably there. the second best right fielder right. in baseball would move he to second base. He can also play second base. To yeah. make room for the best right fielder in baseball. Can we just, just why would you bring up Aaron Judge going to the Sorry. Dodgers? How, that's just, we'll talk more about Aaron Judge later, I that's, promise. That's not good. Uh, I would rather him go to the Giants than go to the Dodgers. As a, I would rather him go to the Padres than the Dodgers. Listen, we'll, we'll get to it. I, There's a whole argument to be made there. Okay, all right. Uh, as far as defensive metrics for Varsho competing in the utility category, he's up yes. against Tommy Edmond, who plays damn near every position possible. Yeah. And uh, Brandon Donovan. Brandon Donovan. Two Cardinals. Yeah, that's interesting. The Cardinals have always had a lot of those guys. Remember Daniel Descalso before he came to Arizona? Paul DeYoung. Skip Schumacher. Yeah. Who we'll also talk about a little bit later. Um, the Cardinals always have utility guys. It's crazy. Varsho, 16 defensive runs saved. We talked about that. Edmund has 19. Mm. He's also got 20 outs above average. I mean, he's just better in every way, I think. Zero outfield assists from Edmund. I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, because I don't think he played outfield this year. I think he was mostly shortstop and second. Yeah, that's the thing about utility is like, 
you could play anywhere. Yeah. So how do you compare an outfielder with an infielder? Because obviously Edmund has way more assists than Varsho because Edmund plays second base. Well, and Varsho also played catcher. Does he right. get credit for throwing guys out for stealing bases? Put outs on strikeouts? Put out, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do that. That's an interesting point. Hmm. I think, I honestly, you know what? I think Dalton Varsho has, I think he has a chance to win the utility gold glove. You want to know could. why? Because... Can, how many guys can you name that, by the way, he's, let's not forget, obviously, he's up for a gold glove in right field, so he's obviously a really good fielder in right field. Right. So you're going from that. How many other guys can you name that goes from, like, a, now, I'll call him Premier, because he's on the list. He's a finalist for a gold glove. Okay. Premier defensive outfielder that also plays catcher and isn't horrible at it. Dalton Varsha was pretty good at catcher. There's not a lot of guys in history who did that. Who played catcher in another position? I mean, Craig Biggio comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, there's guys that Jimmy Fox that came up as catchers good. like Schwarber and Harper, but they never played catcher in the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, Schwarber might have a couple no, times. I mean, but just so you're saying, just the fact that the he fact plays that outfield he, and catcher, and he can play it at a very capable level too. At both. Yeah, and like he's not a horrible catcher. I'm they just would rather argument. have him in the outfield. I just think Tommy Edmond is the slicker fielder. Yeah, overall, yeah, probably you're probably right. Overall, yeah. I test Edmund. Your point, I agree with though. Just the fact that he plays both is pretty yeah. crazy because it's unheard of. And it's not just like, and this is no slight to Cooper Hummel, but he's not Cooper Hummel. It's like, well, why don't you go play catcher, Cooper? Like Dalton Varsho was a good catcher, but he's an even better outfielder. I forgot about this. So a week and a half ago. Uh, I was doing a show out at the Arizona Fall League, and we got the chance to talk with Cooper Hummel. And I kid you not, like we we researched it beforehand. Like, what should we refer to him as? Like Diamondbacks outfielder, Diamondbacks utility man. And I kid you not, when we talked to him, he said, "I'm a catcher." The Good Diamondbacks man. are training him in Fall League right now to be a I, catcher. I think they want him to be their backup catcher. I think so. They. Not saying the not saying they're going to carry three catchers like they did in 2017 in those years, but he could theoretically be their Chris Herman. He can play the corner outfields if they need him to, and he's a catcher. He's better than Chris Herman. Yeah, Batting average right. was not good this year. I'll I'll, I'll grant you that. He gets on base. His on base was still yeah, really good for a guy who's hitting like 200. He's a switch hitter. Yeah, he gets on base, and you know what? I'm going to be honest. He was not that bad at behind the plate. He was pretty good. He and obviously he's played there before. It wasn't his first go round at catcher all of a sudden, but I I thought he played a pretty good catcher when they asked him to play catcher. So I'm glad that he said that he is a catcher now. That's I mean they that's need a backup they, catcher. They really do. That's what they're working on. It doesn't mean he'll play catcher exclusively. But, no, I, I'm sure he'll play. But it gives left you kind field of a couple times. It kind of gives you a glimpse into what the. What the uh, front office is looking to do next season. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he is the secondary catcher to Carson Kelly. And I asked him, too. I was like, do you, I mean, is this a competition between you? Because I don't think Carson Kelly necessarily is guaranteed to be the everyday catcher next season. I think you could see a decent split of the time. And he said, listen, dude, we've, I mean, I've been playing with Carson Kelly for a long time. Like, we're competitive already. Uh-huh. On top of having to play the same position. He's like, whatever it takes to win. Now that's the thing that everybody says. Right? Sure. Yeah. I, I also got to talk to Jordan Lawler oh, before he got injured. 
Yes. He recently got it. What was the injury? Do you remember? Fractured scapula. He got hit by a pitch. Ow. I he was know. doing really Where's well on the scapula. Floor, Where is it's on that? your knee. Oh. I think, right? Oh, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't There's know. only a handful of things you can fracture, right? Well, I guess you can Let fracture. Let me find things. out. I think it's on the knee. Or is that patella? Or are they both on the knee? <laughs> um, I got to talk to Jordan Lawler. Yes, you're right. Before the injury. And mostly, okay. I'm gonna let me make sure I have this injury right because. Do you have it? Let me see. Yeah, the scapula is on your shoulder, which oh. he's already had surgery on. I was I'm way wrong. Sure. I thought it was on the knee. Well, I'm not a doctor, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you shouldn't really take what I say about anatomy or anything. Or anything, yeah, for the most part. Um, But one of the questions I had for Jordan Lawler was, what has the organization given you as far as a timeline as to when you could be expected to be up? Sorry, fractured scapula. That shoulder? Yeah. So So that's another shoulder injury. scapula is a flat, triangular-shaped bone, uh, uh, colloquially as the shoulder blade. Okay. It is located on the upper... Oh, my gosh. Why am I even reading this? For comedy. Upper region on the the dorsal surface of the rib cage. <laughs> I want you to explain what that means. It in... connects with the humor. Oh, my. I'm not reading this. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's, it's there. It's He got hit by a pitch. He must have turned his back to it that and got makes hit sense. on the shoulder blade and it broke. That stinks, too, because that's his second shoulder injury that's given, taken time away yep. from him. And it's I'll, the fall league. It's not But this one, like, at least it wasn't him, like swinging the bat and all of a sudden, ow, I broke something, or diving for a catch. He got hit by a pitch right. and something broke. It so happens. It's not his own... It's, it's like in football. You'd rather you'd rather not have had this happen, but a non-contact injury is worse than getting hit and getting hurt. At least, yeah. at least there was a cause. We know the causation. Yeah, yeah, right. So at least it wasn't it wasn't his fault or his own body's fault. Well, before he got injured yes. again, yes, uh, we talked with him and I asked him about the possible timeline. Like, has the front office told you like, hey, we hope to have you up by the end of 2023? Because you and I talked about the fast tracking or maybe it's not as fast of Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll. Carroll came up at the end of this season and played basically the last month of the year in September. He was essentially a September call-up, mm-hmm. and he had started the year in double-A. Yeah. Lawler is in double-A. He could start next season in double-A. Could he then be fast-tracked and be in the See majors the by the Corbin end of the year? Carroll path? Right. So that's essentially what I asked him. He, he played it cool, and he yeah, gave sure. the right answer, yeah. basically saying, no, they haven't told me anything. I, I The plan is to be a major league shortstop. Yeah. Totally. And so uh, I think that that's really an interesting storyline going into next season. Um, Silver Slugger Awards. Yes. Christian Walker at first base. So he's getting a little bit of love on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And then also the weird one is Cattell Marte at second base. What I, do we make of that? I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, good for Cattell, I guess. But the dude hit, what, 240 this year? Like... He was he not a, hit a lot of. Home, I mean, he was okay. not a top two hitter on the in the lineup. Like Christian Walker's average is nothing to write home about. But the dude hit thirty five plus home runs. Yeah, he had a great year. He drove in ninety plus. He had ninety plus RBIs. So that's why he's in a finalist for this. But I really don't understand why Cattell Marte is on this list. I mean, and let's be honest. I'm going to be honest right now. Christian Walker and Cattell Marte are not winning these awards. No. Paul Goldschmidt's going to win the the Silver Slugger for the yeah. for first base. He's probably going to win MVP. Jeff McNeil, <laughs> Jeff McNeil is going to win the uh, Silver Slugger for second base. Jeff McNeil won the batting title. 
yeah. in the National League, so he's going to win that award. Um, so let's not sugarcoat that. Let's not pretend. I think Christian Walker has a legit shot at the gold glove for first base, but I don't think that he has a shot at the silver slugger. It's cool to see him on this list with guys like Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman, Pete Alonso, and Matt Olson. That's really cool. Every That's great player company. you just mentioned was a better hitter this season than Christian Walker. I mean, that's that's just I mean, think me about, analyzing think, the numbers. Think about this. Pete Alonzo and Freddie Freeman are not going to win this award. Paul Goldschmidt's going to win this award. Freddie Freeman, I think, hit like 320. Freddie Freeman was battling to the last day of the season with Jeff McNeil for the batting title. He almost won it. Matt Olson, by the way. Not too shabby. Replacing Freddie Freeman right. in Atlanta. Played just as well in yep. a lot of ways. Yep. And Pete Alonso had like 140 RBIs or whatever it was. Yeah, he had a ridiculous number of RBIs. I think he hit. Like I was exaggerating, too. but still, he had a ridiculous. Oh, by the way, you know what's a, a fascinating race though? Or, I don't know, I guess you'd call it a race, Silver Slugger. But the DH in the American League is Otani and Alvarez. I think arguably the two best left-handed hitters in the game, maybe entirely the game, the yeah. game right now. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I do feel. Gosh, I've been a pro Otani guy the whole year, so I feel really weird saying this, but <laughs> I do feel that the postseason has helped boost the Alvarez profile, right? With some of the walk off, the like the big home runs and stuff. Why? What, they we... have a utility category for this too. Who's in the utility one? All right, so the American League. See, I don't <laughs> care about the American. I, League. I, 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 I do. <laughs> I do. You might find this interesting. How about okay, Luisa Rise, the guy who stole the triple crown from Aaron Judge, right? Uh, <laughs> we, we don't like him from the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Shohei Otani. <laughs> well, yeah. He, so he's up for utility. Utility because he's a pitcher. He's the definition of utility. Uh, yeah. DJ Lemayhew and Luis Rangifo. Um, Lemayhew so had a bad year. I'm, didn't he? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't thought know he had a really. Bad, I mean, he didn't play for the Yankees in the end. Yeah, he did not. I don't know what's up. So is he really going to win an award? No. I mean, Otani or Arise is going to win that. Otani should win that. So here, and by the way, the DH for the National League is Josh Bell, Albert Pujols. Pujols is going to win that. Um, Luke Voigt, Justin Turner, Charlie Blackman, and Bryce Harper. And then the utility, these guys are true utility players, by the way. This is NL? This is the National League. Okay. Utility, Brandon Drury, Tommy Edmond. Uh, Tyro Estrada, Jeff McNeil, and Chris Taylor. I kind of think... Oh, by the way... I kind of think Brandon Drury should win Okay, that. this is stupid. Bryce Harper's on the list for, as a finalist for the DH and has an asterisk next to his name. And I went down and read it. It says he appeared in 99 games. He's short of the 100-game minimum to qualify for winning the award. I'm like, then why so he's on not the on the list? Yeah, okay. Why is he on the list? Okay, anyway. I, I think Brandon Drury should win that. Probably. When you consider the resurgence, well, is it a resurgence or is it just a surgence in coming, his career? A coming out party, yeah, for Brandon Drury, he's he probably going to make positions. He got traded mid year, make a decent amount of money now. Yeah, I think um, Brandon Drury is a good bet. So there, here's but the Jeff thing: McNeil won here's the, the thing. Batting title. I'm making way too big of a deal about the Silver Slugger Award. So can Jeff McNeil win two of these awards? Can he win second base and utility? I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Can Dalton Varsho win two gold gloves? I guess he could. I, he's on the list for both, right? So Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Let's go down the Harper route and set up our World Series. Okay. So we've got the Phillies and the Astros. 
The Astros have been there before. I am so they've been there a lot, actually. Sick and tired of the Houston Astros. So, they've been to the World Series. Is it what four out of the last six World Series they've been ridiculous in? Ridiculous, like something that. stupid. They haven't won it since seventeen, though. No, you're right. Yeah. So it's it's you see this every couple of years in different sports, right? Where somebody tweets out the map of like which parts of the country are fans of which team in the World Series, and there's yeah, the whole that. country is Phillies red, and then there's a one little orange dot. In it's Texas not even the, the whole state of Texas. It's oh, just God, where no. Houston is. No. Yeah. I grew up in Dallas. You think there's Houston? I mean, there are some Houston fans there, but not many. Yeah. So I think the nation is rooting for the Phillies. Oh, and they it, for sure are. Their big narrative is Bryce Harper. Because yeah. remember, Bryce Harper, correct me if I'm wrong, but he left the Nationals and then they, they won, won the, the World, World Series. The next year. Yeah. The next year after he left. Without him. Right. And that was with Juan Soto. I mm-hmm. think that was his first, if not maybe he was like second 19, He was like 19 yeah. <laughs> or 20 or whatever. So yeah. that's kind of the big narrative for the Phillies, I think, is that Bryce Harper is on this mission. To win a ring. Yeah. And right now he's playing out of his mind. Dude, that that home run he hit in the NLCS was insane. Like, and even he, like, did you see the video? Even he couldn't believe he's like, he's in the dugout taking off his batting gloves. He goes, oh my gosh, I just did that. I just did that. And I'm like, that's like, it was one of the craziest moments. And um, I'm, I'm. Obviously, I'm rooting for the Phillies. I don't like the Houston Astros. I think they're cheaters. Um, Some of them are cheaters. Well, cheaters. Altuve was around. Bregman was around. Guriel, yeah. Guriel was around. Jordan Alvarez was not. Organization is a cheating organization. Fair enough. And their best players are still the ones that cheated. They never got in trouble. They ratted out the coaches. (laughs) Alex Cora, AJ Hinch, and Carlos Beltran all got. Carlos Beltran got like blacklisted. From like Alex, so what's weird about that whole situation? Not to go down this rabbit hole, but I will. AJ Hinch and Alex Cora basically got a year vacation, and then they both got jobs. Alex Cora got his same job back yes. with the Red Sox. Correct. They like were like, okay, why don't you just go away for a year, and then we'll just rehire you. AJ Hinch obviously was fired from Houston. Dusty Baker's done a ridiculously good job with that team. He has, and I'm happy for him. I love Dusty Baker, but then and then AJ Hinch gets a job in Detroit. So he's there now. And then Beltron, remember, gets hired by the Mets, doesn't manage a single game, gets fired. And then, of course, they had their whole mess with their front office and Jared Porter and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Altuve still, uh, by the way, the Astros haven't lost a single postseason game this year. Altuve's been horrible. You can argue he's probably the, still their best hitter. I don't even think he got a hit until the last game. No. Ridiculous. Bregman has been on fire. Alvarez is hitting dingers, especially against the Mariners. He had those two huge dingers. Um, And then, you know, uh, Jeremy Pena, the guy who replaces Carlos Correa as a rookie, is playing out of his mind in these playoffs. The the funniest part, uh, one of the funny parts of this postseason was, for some reason, TBS thought it was a really good idea to bring in Carlos Correa as like an in-studio analyst. And here he is, not in the playoffs, interviewing his the guy that replaced him 
in, in Houston, Jeremy Pena. It's I like think that's great that's TV. That's freaking awkward. Uh, but it's great TV. Sure. Um, and also, Correa is going to get a huge deal in free agency. Yeah, he's going to be. And Jeremy Pena sitting there, knowing he had a better year. Sure. I mean, I'm not looking at the statistics in front of me, so I don't know statistically who had the better year. But for all intents and purposes, you'd rather be the guy who's the starting shortstop for the team playing in the World Series. Yeah. Than I, the guy who played for the Twins and made a bunch of money. On the flip side with the Astros, I don't. I dislike them, but. Holy crap, I respect the hell out of their pitching staff. Yep. Justin Verlander is having the best year of his entire career. What is he, 39 this year? He's yeah. going to be 40. He's having a fantastic season. Dude, Framber Valdez is a stud. That dude does nothing but twirl quality starts every time he takes the mound. He is so good. And plus, I mean, and then what? Their third best pitcher is Lance McCullers, who's also pretty dang good and very experienced in this yeah. postseason. Christian Javier, who was a starter, is now in their bullpen pitching really well. Hector Neris, who was is he coming out of the bullpen now? Yeah, he is. I think he started a game in the playoffs, though. He he did. He recently. started a game against the I Yankees. I watched it. Yeah, he did. He actually, I think Christian Javier started the season in the bullpen. He did. You're correct. And worked his way into the rotation. Well, McCullers, the- I think McCullers got hurt. Yeah. And they they had to put him in back in the rotation. He's been great too. He's really good. I mean, they have more good starting pitchers than they know what to do with. Yep, they really. And do. that's a hell of a problem. To have. They have Jose Urquidy, who had a pretty dang good season. He's not even. I don't think he's even pitched in the playoffs. They haven't needed him to pitch. So, so. here's here's an interesting nugget. Um, the Marlins today was it today? I think it was today. Hired Astros executive Oz Ocampo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I didn't know much about him. What because was his job in Houston? I don't know, but I know that at one point he was a scout in the Dominican in another organization. I think it was the Cardinals. And so he is widely credited as being an advocate for and for helping to bring in Luis Garcia, Framber Valdez, uh, all those guys we just talked about, uh, Christian Javier. He helped bring these guys in. Uh, Urquidy, you mentioned. Also... He was an advocate for getting Jordan Alvarez, signing Jordan Alvarez in free agency. And, of course, he goes to the Dodgers, and later they trade for Jordan Alvarez. Yes. Would you say that was a good move? Uh, Very good. This is the guy, Ocampo, is the guy responsible for most of this. Ah. He built the Astros largely. I mean, the whole organization has changed a lot in the last couple years, right? Jeff Luno is gone, Mm -hmm. and I don't believe he even has a job in baseball anymore. But, like, these are the guys who helped build this championship team, this iteration of the Astros, and he just got hired by the Marlins Well, today. I mean, smart look, move. I mean, I hate the Astros. I don't hate them. I dislike them a lot. But look at their team. They are a lot of homegrown guys. You mentioned Pena. Pena. Altuve. Bregman. Bregman. Alvarez. You can Curiel came over from Cuba, yeah, but still. But he didn't play anywhere else before that. Alvarez. They got him as a minor leaguer. I mean, Verlander, yeah, was it was a part of a, a big splash of the trade deadline a few years ago. Maldonado's been around, yeah, but he's just he's a he's a good defensive catcher. Christian Vasquez has been around. Chaz McCormick, their center fielder, I'm pretty sure is homegrown. Was he? 
I don't know. I don't know. He's I don't know really that one off the top. Known of my head. that well, but just their core guys. The core is Kyle Tucker. Kyle road. Tucker. Forgot about Kyle Tucker. Well, we we talk he's about, one of the best right best right fielders in the game. We talk about this all the time. Steve's uh, formula for success in winning a championship <laughs> is by growing the homegrown position players. Yes, and then acquiring Pitching. ace starting pitchers and ace bullpen pieces, which is what this team has done. But even the Astros, for the most part, their rotation. Is I know, is homegrown guys outside of Verlander. I know. So I mean, at you least know, it's their crazy best player is still acquired, right? Justin Verlander. Verlander. Yes, yes. So at least you have that. Uh, thinking about their bullpen, they've got Stanek, who's been around. So you acquired Stanek. Who else is in that bullpen? Ryan Presley was in the bullpen at one point in time. Is he still? He's pitching? still there. He's their closer. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if he's homegrown or they have Hector Neris, who was a Philly. Right. That's another storyline. Ironic. Um, when did that? Was that an off-season transaction? Yes. It wasn't a mid-season trade, yes. was it? Uh, it was an off-season, I believe. Okay. And they also have um, they have uh, Rafael Montero, who's pretty dang good too. Right. Who was in Seattle last year? Um, that was a mid-season move, wasn't it? I th- Montero. I don't know. I don't. I, I could don't be. Recall. I could be. I could be wrong about that. But yeah, I mean, I can't name everybody in their but bullpen. That's, but that's how you build a contender. Yeah, you get great position players that you grow from within the organization, and then you go and acquire the pitching. Yeah, and for all intents and purposes, they followed my formula perfectly. Well, and the, and the Diamondbacks kind of did what, like what you were saying with this guy that left Houston. Like he's responsible for getting this guy to Houston. I mean, the Diamondbacks were, they brought the guys in that were responsible for getting Mookie Betts drafted to the Red Sox. You right. know, so arguably that. one of yeah. the best draft classes sure. of all time. Sure. I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr. And is I think in that. we're seeing them do that here with guys like Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll and Dalton Varsho. Um, so I, I think they're doing that part too. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I saw someone say, hey, can Brent Strom get some of his old buddies to come over here from Houston? Like, can he do some recruiting, please? Let me get some more a good front office scouts and whatnot. I, but honestly, I don't know that any of the Houston pitchers are even up for free agency anytime soon. Oh, no. Because they're all so young. I meant most of them. Mo- the person that, I, that tweeted that I was talking about was talking about executives. Can we get some executives from Houston to come over well, here? Jeff Luno is probably available. Well, well um, but let's be honest, though, going back to the World Series. We're all we're all rooting for Philly, right? I think so. We're all rooting for the Phillies. They're so fun. I here's here's They're the thing. A fun team. I am Mo, unlike is it you because they hit dingers. Is that it? Probably. Kyle There's, Schwarber hit almost fifty this year. Bryce Harper hits a lot of home runs. Castellanos, when he ever hits the ball, is a home run and he hits it at great timing too. Um, they made a clear determination in the offseason that they were not going to care about defense. And they were going to build around an offensive-minded team. Like Bryce Harper is not even playing because he had an elbow injury. He's not even playing the field. Schorber, not good defensively. Castellanos, Castellanos is not good not defensively. Good. I, even Gene Segura, I would have said, probably not Gene that good Segura, defensively. he made, what, two errors in that game clinch, or the series clincher, and then he made one of the biggest diving ca- diving stops of all time in Philly mm. history. It's, it's, Real Muto's a good catcher, I think, defensively. It's the fun- But he's more so an offensive guy. It's the seven seconds or less Boom. Sons. Boom. That guy's not good on defense either. Not really. Uh, Remember when Philly, I mean, this is Philly, they were like booing him because he made three errors in a game. Remember yeah, that early yeah. on in the year? Yeah, and he here got he upset is. about it. Yeah. I remember that. It's the seven seconds or less Suns. Yeah. Who cares about defense if I outscore Score you? more. Yeah, yeah, score more than the other team. Yep. If I've got seven runs, you've got three runs, that, and I make an error, who cares? Except the problem with that was that that 
strategy never won them a championship, but it can win you a championship in baseball. It might now. Well, yeah, I see what you're saying. The analogy, I guess, but doesn't fit perfect. But, but yeah, I'm I'm rooting hard for Philly. They, their pitching staff is fun. Like they have two a really good one two punch in in Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. The one thing I think they don't have going for them is there's not a lot after that. Bullpen is kind of sketchy. And then yeah. Ranger Suarez. Ranger Suarez. It's the reason that I okay. liked the Phillies in the first round, didn't like them in the second round, because I didn't think the pitching would be up to it, but their offense has just been otherworldly. Yeah. And sometimes that can win you a World Series, more often than not. I'm still picking the Astros, because they are a solid team throughout. Their rotation is stacked. Their they bullpen is stacked. They their lineup lost. is stacked. They haven't lost in this postseason. They've, and they've swept everyone. And this matters in sports. They have the experience. Like you mentioned, they've been to, what, their, like four World Series in the last couple years? Their core guys, their best players have all been a part of this, this these runs to the World Series. There's also a hunger there, too, when you lose the World Series. Because yeah. it leaves that bad taste in your mouth. And, like, the Phillies are hungry, no doubt about it, especially Harper and the way that that narrative has yeah. kind of been built uh, with his exit from Washington yeah. after all those years. But also, the Astros players have been here and gotten a, a whiff the, the, of what they could have been and lost. The only guy off the top of my head, anyway, I don't know about pitchers and whatnot, but the only guy I can think of on Philly that has experience with this is Schwarber, of course, with the Cubs, with the Cubs in 2016. That was so weird because, I, Did, no, I know. Don't it, you remember he came off the injured list yeah, and like just hit a bunch of homers? He wasn't playing for the Cubs throughout most of the playoffs. He was hurt. And they called him up for the, I think it was the World Series, was when they finally yeah, called him in. And he dominated. Dinger after dinger after dinger. He was hitting leadoff a couple of times. He's hitting leadoff for the Phillies. I know. I know. He hit like 50 home runs as a leadoff hitter. I think I'm excited about this World Series. I am. Because it's, one team is at least different, the yeah. Phillies, and I like that for their fan base. The Astros, it's the most complete team in baseball, so I'm not against it. I yeah. can get past the cheating stuff. I know you can't, and you're not past it yet, but I'm I'm past it because at least I know that there's like new blood in the organization. I can get behind Jordan Alvarez. I can get behind Kyle Tucker. I can get behind Jeremy Pena. Um, yeah. A lot of these young pitchers weren't there when the cheating happened in 2017. Maybe if some of the their players actually got in trouble for what they did, I would be more forgiving. If we had found out Altuve had the buzzer under his shirt <sighs> when he hit the I'd home run of Chapman, better. yeah. I'd feel a lot better if they just feel told the better? truth about that. Oh yeah, <laughs> like if they. Oh, I have an embarrassing tattoo that I don't want people. I'm like, right? Have you ever been in a locker room, Jose Altuve? Everyone just walks around naked. <laughs> That's what they do. You, no one's seen that tattoo. Sounds like you speak bull. from experience. Bull, oh, bull. Yeah, I've been in a locker room. I've seen what happens. Also, another narrative. I, I know that this doesn't really play out on the field in the World Series, but Dave Dombrowski. Oh, yeah. Who, Another team he's built that's gone to the World Series. Well, yeah, that. And also, <laughs> I mean, because he's won titles in... Well, he got to the World Series in Detroit, right? Or did or did they? Did he? Uh, I don't remember if he was there for that or not. He definitely went to the World Series with the Marlins way back really? in the day. Really? Like, way back in not the day. The 93 one? No, no, no. 2000... Oh, 2003? Was it 2003 or 97? I can't remember which one was which. Was Josh Beckett on the team? The one I you're don't thinking about because that was 03. I just know he did it with the Marlins. I don't remember which team. Okay, so there was a 2001 team. There was a 90. Was it 97 or 95? I, I think know it this. was 97, and I think the 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 other one was 2003, something like that. Oh, 2003. Sorry, not 2001. Yeah, we know that who was won Mets. that one. 2001. Or, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. 
Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks won the World Sorry. Series, Steve, in 2001. Sorry. I get the Yankees ones mixed up because they played in so many World Series. The the Marlins, I believe it was 03. I'm going to stick with that. I'm not even going to look it up. I'm no, so you're confident. Right. No, you're right. They beat the Yankees in the World Series as a wild card team. Right. And that was the Josh Beckett team. Well, and then Dombrowski, he wouldn't have been around for the 18 World Series, would he? With the Red Sox? Was he around for that one? I don't think so. Because he took over for Charrington, I thought. Or Charrington moved to the GM position. Yeah, right. Because Hazen had left for the Diamondbacks in 2017. But he definitely built the Tigers up because they had had Scherzer, Price, Verlander, all those guys. I don't think they made it to the World Series, though. And then he built up the Red Sox. And now he's with the Phillies. He's always got a job in baseball. He's one of the most highly respected executives in baseball. Yeah. I mean, like, Dave Dombrowski is the kind of guy you don't hire to be him to be your GM. You hire him to run the run entire organization. Yeah, he's your president. President of baseball. Yep, exactly. Let's talk about that for a second, because today was kind of weird. The Brewers have one of those upper management guys that's an up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. Could be like a Dombrowski, and that's David Stearns. No, not David Stern, the former <laughs> NBA commissioner. David Stearns is an up-and-comer. I think he's like 37, and he's with the Brewers. A lot of teams covet David Stearns as their future front office management. He today resigned as president of baseball ops in Milwaukee. I believe Matt Arnold is the name of the GM there. He's going to take over. But Stearns has committed to being a consultant, I guess, okay. to the Brewers for the remainder of his contract, which is through next season. Okay, Doesn't mean that he couldn't leave for another gig if one arises. And we all know he was courted by the Mets and money pit Steve Cohen last year. <laughs> money bag, Steve. And I, I'm i just throwing this out there, but like I have a feeling that the Astros are going to want in on him too. Because he's a former, I think he was assistant uh. GM in Houston. Could you imagine a World Series contender <laughs> in the Astros, maybe even a World Series winner this year, bringing in a guy the like league's that. best executive as right. well? No, I don't. I don't want to imagine that. That sucks. It's like when the Dodgers brought in Andrew Friedman. Right? And they we were went, already, Why do you need that? They were already up. They were already. Well, I mean, the Dodgers were in a, a pit of despair for a long time with the um, what were their names? The the McCourts or Frank McCourt? Yeah, yeah. where they were basically him and his ex wife and Magic Johnson. <laughs> oh yeah, for a short time. Well, like. Well, Frank McCourt and his ex wife were like using the Dodgers as part of their divorce. Yeah, that was tactics. Fun. And I'm like, and they're just, they were running the team to the ground. And then obviously they sold and the Magic John, Magic Johnson's not the primary guy in there, but everyone yeah, knows him. Freeman but, made sense. But yeah, Freeman, well, he had done wonders with Tampa. Yes. And they're like, okay, why don't you, hey, why don't you take that same mentality, but here's a billion dollar payroll. They don't pay that. Also, much, I believe Matt Arnold, who is now taking over in Milwaukee, was a Tampa Bay guy as well. I don't know about the same time as Freeman, so basically, but baseball so, is incestuous. So, if you want to win, you should probably hire guys that have worked at Tampa Bay. Well, I mean... And give them a better payroll, Like and you mentioned win. with the Diamondbacks, they hired Mike Hazen and Amiel Sade and Jared Porter, although I think he... I don't remember if he came directly from the Red Sox or somewhere else. I feel like it, I was, it was Chicago. mostly... Yeah, I think, but I think that was mostly about Hazen and Amiel. Yeah, I think so too. Those were the two most. But important all three guys. of them came at one point or another from Boston, where even at the very end, I believe Mike Hazen was GM under Dave Dombrowski. He was. 
but he was at the very end. He wasn't making the decisions like he is here. Yeah, but Hazen was a was a Theo guy, was a Theo Epstein guy for a long time, and then eventually a Ben Charrington guy, and you know all that stuff. But yeah, baseball is very incestuous with front offices, like guys. You know, it's it's like most industries, Go from right? O- front office to front office, yeah, yeah, and you hire the guys with the best track records, yeah. And so I think it's interesting, at least, that David Stearns is just kind of sitting back in his chair right now as a <laughs> quote unquote consultant for the Brewers, which, yeah. by the way, is not a premier organization. But and you know what? Anybody though? can come along and sign a blank check. The for Brewers him. are good. The Brewers are good. They're not bad, and he probably has a lot to do with that. Absolutely, they have. That's why he's highly coveted. Their pitching staff is very good. Woodruff. Burns, Burns, Freddie Peralta, Hauser, Hauser. Yeah, they had Hader. He's Lauer. gone. Yeah, Devin Williams. Devin Williams is very good. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. They had Hader. They got they dumped Hader. They fleeced the Marlins for Christian Yelich. I mean, I know he's a shell of his former self sure, right now. But yes, but they fleeced yeah, the right. Marlins for him. By the way, can we talk real quick? Mentioning Josh Hader. What? This, this is a random thought. What was Bob Melvin thinking? Not bringing in Hader to face Harper in that situation. I don't know. I wondered that myself. It, like we didn't want to give Bryce Har- or uh, Josh Hader a six-out save. I'm like, this is the freaking playoffs. There's man. been a lot of weird, you don't managerial you don't decisions. Ha- they didn't have to put him in for a six-out save. He comes in to face Harper and get three outs in that inning. You don't have to bring him back. So anyway. I forget which game it was, but the game where Garrett Cole was pitching for the Yankees most recently. And Aaron Boone took him out because he got a couple of runners on base in the sixth inning. Hey, he loaded the bases. And he brought in uh, Lou Trevino, who mm. has had some good seasons the last couple of years, but he's not having a good year this year, and he got lit up. And I think in that situation, you probably leave your best pitcher well, in. <laughs> and both situations are similar because just have the best player pitch. Well, it's that, not that hard. And that was in a, the Yankees, too. Like Aaron Boone had another situation where it's like, where is Clay Holmes coming out of the bullpen right now? Like, right. why is Clark Schmidt in the game? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. You on know, that. I, I don't understand that. Another note around the league: Bruce Bochy is back and managing in baseball again. He is now signing on with the Texas Rangers. What does that tell you about Texas this offseason? Um, that they're probably going to be doing something. I think they're going to go after some big names because a guy like Bruce Bochy. I don't think comes out of retirement to take a job like the Rangers unless the front office and ownership is kind of guaranteed they're going to be doing some stuff. Yeah. Maybe making some trades, signing some free agents. I mean, they they just spent, what, $600 million on Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager last year. They need pitching, that's for sure. They, they do. They need it bad. They do. Aaron Nola's a free agent. Are they going to make a huge run at Aranola? Maybe. Um there's some other good arms out there too. I don't think this plays into a managerial decision or like coming out of retirement decision, but Texas is a place that athletes like to play because there's no state income tax. Yeah, that's true. You make your actual salary, yeah. not whatever it is minus taxes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that might factor in for free agents, but I'm sure Bruce Bochy didn't have to think is about that. Is baseball the same where like because I know other sports are like this too. Like if you play a game on the road, you have to file for those games that you played on the road and like what state they were in. So like, yeah, all, half their games are in Texas with no state income tax. But when they play in Arizona, do they have to file for, uh, you know, the, the tax in Arizona because that's where they made their money. I know I, other sports are like that. I Yeah, I think there is some rule like that where you, you earn your income in different 
cities in different states. I think that's true. Um, Aaron Judge, we talked briefly about. I won't bother you too much with the Dodger rumors because I know you don't like that. I'll walk out of the studio right now. I know you will. (laughs) Uh, There was a story written, I believe it was NJ.com, wrote a story about how the San Francisco Giants will do whatever it takes to get Aaron Judge. Which oh, is not good. A, that's not a headline you read about free agents very often that a team will do whatever it takes because that throws away your leverage, right? Now other teams know they can run up the negotiation on you. But if the Giants are trying to lure Aaron Judge, yes. and I saw another report from KNBR in San Francisco, and keep in mind, Aaron Judge is from the Bay Area. I think it's Linden, California, which he is went, like a two hour drive he from He went San to Francisco. Fresno State. So it would be going home. Yeah. Which is one thing. Sure. And he'd be making a boatload of money. And I read it's, a KMBR it's the report. Freddie Freeman thing all over again. It could be. I read a KMBR report that said that the Giants aren't just looking to bring in Judge. They're looking to bring in other free agents to then lure Judge to San Francisco. Is Tyson Chandler going it's to Tyson Chandler all over again? <laughs> when the Suns Who? brought in Tyson Chandler to try to lure oh, I'm, Lamarcus Aldridge. I am very curious as to who those guys are. I know who they are. Who are they? They are division rival Trey Turner and potentially, these are the names that were thrown out. This is all rumored, of course. Sure. And potentially bringing Anthony Rizzo from New York. Really? Well, Rizzo, for the familiarity, I'm guessing, he's also a little older. He had a low batting average season, but he had a really high power season. So, he's hitting in Yankee Stadium. Well, and he'd be replacing Brandon Belt, who's kind of a nobody at this point. And is hitting free agency. Yeah. So they need a first baseman. So you bring Rizzo for, let's say, two years, 30 to 40 million. And then you bring in Trey Turner for a huge deal. And then you bring in Judge for a huge deal. They already have the pitching. They they have Logan Webb. Anthony DiScalfani is not bad. I mean, wow. And that's within the Diamondbacks division. Yeah, great. So they would have. So let's say that happens. Okay. They already they'll have the Dodgers who are always good no matter what. Who yes. have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. Currently Trey Turner, but currently Trey Turner. Free but it. I don't know if he's gonna go back there. Honestly, the Dodgers probably can't afford to let Trey Turner leave. I think you're right, unless they bring in a judge and move Mookie Betts to second base. That who plays short, Lux. Maybe. Ugh, Lux is horrible on defense. Anyway, whatever. Um, but okay, let's say that happens, right? And then the Giants get Judge and Turner and Rizzo or whatever, however many other people. And the Padres are still the Padres already have Juan Soto, Manny Machado. They'll get Fernando Tatis Jr. back next year at some point. And because they went deep in the playoffs, they get Tatis sooner because his suspension is 80 games. Isn't that only regular season games? I'm pretty sure the playoff games count because he could have been playing in the playoffs. No, I'm pretty will, sure. Yeah, I mean, he could have, but he's injured. But I'm pretty sure the suspension is 80 games, not 80 regular season games. I thought it was regular season. Because I read I read a report about how the deeper they go into the no, playoffs, you know what? the earlier they get I, back. I don't think you're right about that. Okay. Because I think what it happened was, when it, when it happened, they said he's ineligible for the postseason and he's suspended for 80 games. Okay. I think that's what I heard. I could be wrong, too. But I... 
I'm maybe it's wishful it thinking on but, my part. Because uh, what you have a minor fantasy team or something? Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. Um, so anyway, is he worth keeping? But, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a discussion for another. But, day. But uh, anyway, so yeah, think about all that, man. Like the Padres, they'll still have Juan Soto. They have They're him for another year. Darvish, Darvish, and Snell. Snell. Musgrove, they just re-signed him. Yep. Um, they still have um, Bell. Well, Bell's a free agent. Um, Hader, Hader, Machado, Cronenworth, who's really good. Yes, he is. Um, Manny Machado, who had a great season. And then there's the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. Oh, did you see this report, by the way, if we're talking about big money? Another NL West thing? Let me bring this up for you, because I thought this was ridiculous. According to who is this? I saw it. I saw it on Talking Baseball's Twitter account. According to Patrick Saunders, he's a Rockies beat writer for the Denver Post. The Rockies are looking to sign Brandon Nimmo, the former, <laughs> the current Mets center fielder. Go ahead to a five-year, one hundred fifteen to one hundred and twenty million dollar deal. I'm fine with that. Have him. I'm not a Rockies fan, but I know some people who are. If they do if they do that, not saying Brandon Nimmo isn't a good player. He's a good player. Yeah, he's a fine player. Does he put them over the top? No. What are the Rockies doing if they do that? Nothing. They they said two years ago, we can't afford Nolan Arenado. And then two years later, they signed Chris Bryant, who maybe played, what, 50 games for them this year? If that. And then they want to give $120 million possibly, to Brandon Nimmo? Nolan Arenado is better than Chris Bryant and Brandon Nimmo put together. I would agree. And he plays a premier position. He's still really good defensively. He's still hitting the crap out of the ball. I don't, and I'm not a Rockies fan. Again, I'm not a Rockies fan. I just don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this back for a second. There's a reason I'm bringing this back. Okay. One of the reasons is that I'm right and you're oh, wrong. Okay. But the other reason Fine. is Fine. I'm gonna bring a local tie into this. Fernando Tatis will be eligible to make his 2023 debut. This is CBS News who reported it, or CBS Sports, I guess. Uh, he'll make his 2023 debut on April 20th. Only three weeks into the season because he only has 20 games left in his suspension because the postseason games that he just served suspension count towards his total suspension. Oh, okay. April 20th, the Padres are facing... Oh, let me guess. The Diamondbacks? The Arizona Diamondbacks. In Chase Field? Um, <laughs> I don't know that. Series opener. Padres series opener with the Diamondbacks. It doesn't say home or away. If it's a series opener? In Arizona, it says. Sorry. Oh my God. In Arizona. Of course it is. So he could theoretically make his debut April 20th or around there. That's assuming he's Arizona. also healed up from all the surgeries yeah, he's had. I, I don't know. Because maybe he, he's not. He finally had surgery on his stupid shoulder that kept popping out of place. Also, okay, we're going off on crazy weird tangents now. It. Let's do it. But just thinking in the future of the Padres, where does Fernando Tatis Jr. play when he comes back? Hassan Kim is up for a gold glove at shortstop. He's a gold glove finalist at short. He's a good shortstop. What's their outfield look like? Profar is currently in left. Trent free, Grish- is he a free agent? Uh, I think he might be. I think he's a free agent in two years. I thought he was a free agent this season. He might be. I'm, I not, be wrong. I'm not sure. So right now it's Profar, 
Trent Grisham and Soto. Grisham's up for a gold glove. Soto is too, but let's not count that. That's a, no, that's a but that's a farce. That is a joke. What if Soto became the DH? He could. And you play Tatis in right. Oh, or if Lord. Profar's gone, you play Tatis in left or move him to center. And I, I don't know. Tatis could be an outfielder. They, they were, played him there after they the injury last year. They were playing him in right field. They were last yeah. year. Uh huh. I remember when he came back from his injury. They were like, "Okay, you're not diving anymore at shortstop." I went to a game in San Diego last season. Not this season, last season. And Tatis was playing right field. And Machado, of course, was playing third, like he does. And they did that crazy shift, shift they he do. Was in right field. Where yeah. literally within 20 feet of each other was Jake Cronenworth at second base, <laughs> Machado at short right field, essentially, and then Tatis in right field. And I thought to myself, this is really necessary. And then the next hitter hit a pop fly to Machado. So I maybe they know what they're doing over well, there. Well, that's not allowed anymore. It's a good problem to have. I mean... Tatis is not a great fielder, but he's got a cannon of an arm. Yeah. So right field could be the spot. Yeah. And he's super fast. No he can problem. cover a ton of ground. I, I always, like, yeah, what, I, I would think that Juan Soto sh- is probably should be your DH. He's not a very good fielder. He's not, he's not a good fielder. We talked about I mean, he's a finalist for a gold glove, which yeah. I don't understand. But we talked about it earlier. He's got, like, negative two defensive runs saved. Yeah. Like, he's what was not it, a negative good, 14 he's... outs above average? That's not above average. It's below average. Yeah. Literally, by taking him out of right field, you're, ca- you're, you're, you're gaining so much. You're making your team better. Yes. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Yeah, That's an interesting question, yeah, though. Where does he play? Right field. See, because I think for a long time they kept playing him at shortstop with the idea that C.J. Abrams would take over. And he would play, yeah. like, second or something. Yeah. Or maybe outfield, like you said. Yeah. Maybe. Was Abrams in the deal for... He was. He's he was gone. in the deal for... He's so, in Washington. Yeah. That's what now. I thought. Yep. Then I started to second-guess myself. Yep. Mackenzie um, Gore and C.J. Abrams are both in that trade. Dude, it's going to be a wild offseason. Yeah. It's going to be a while. There are offseason. so many good players that are free agents, by the way. There's so many. And it feels like a lot of teams are willing to spend. I mean, New York is losing Judge, potentially. So that's going to free up a if ton they, of space yeah, for they, them to make other moves if they if he, they do, well, in here, fact, lose here's Judge. Here's that thing. If you're talking about the Giants, like Trey, if Trey Turner is one of the free agents that's going to lure him there. Right. They better ink him first because if, they, if, if Judge says no to the Yankees, I think they immediately turn that money into Trey Turner. They need a shortstop. Kiner Falefa is, I, is not. He he's a good defensive shortstop, but he's he can't hit. I'll tell you why that won't happen. Because the reason that they brought in Isaiah Kiner Falefa as their shortstop was because they were going to hand that job to either Anthony Volpe or Osvaldo uh, Cabrera. Is that right? Or yeah, Peraza. But, Peraza. Okay. Sorry, they've got two guys named Oswald and Oswaldo. Yeah, <laughs> and they confuse me. Well, I think Cabrera it's was supposed to be a shortstop too. I think it's but Peraza he's been playing outfield. That's the favorite, and he made the postseason roster. So, um, I think the Yankees are going to hand that job to one of those two guys. Maybe, yeah. And maybe. I think that's why they didn't go after a big name shortstop like Carlos Correa this past offseason. Yeah, does that make sense? Here, here's the thing that's crazy. If the if the Dodgers lose Trey Turner, do they sign? Do they go after Carlos Correa? Maybe after all, would Carlos Correa even? I mean, money talks. Yep. But would he go to L.A. where he has been booed so heavily? Absolutely. Do you know what it's like to live in Minnesota? <laughs> well, he's not going back to Minnesota. Southern California? He's not going back there. You don't there. think so? No. Why not? Well, he's opting out. I would think he's not going back. Yeah, but that's a money thing. That's not a I hate it here in Minnesota thing. They're is not it? very good. The Twins aren't good. They have a bad division, though. They do have a bad division. I'm, well, I mean... The Guardians ended up playing way better than their The White Sox under, underperformed for sure. Yes. The Royals are bad. Yes. The Tigers are the bad. The Tigers are bad. 
but kind of moving so up. If not the really. Twins could just if they bring back Correa and add some other pieces, they could they could be in contention for that division. Teams that could spend a lot of money this offseason. New York, yeah, they're going to have to Both one way teams. or the other. <laughs> Both New teams. York Mets, yes, yeah, and that's just because their owner is literally the Steve Ballmer of baseball. Well, Degrom's going to opt Steve out Cohen. too, right? Who? What? Degrom? He's going to opt out, right? Yeah, he's going to be a free agent. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Texas will probably spend something. I imagine Bruce Bochy would like right. them too. I agree with you completely. Uh, the Dodgers have Trey they'll Turner. Always, they'll always spend. So the Dodgers have money. The Giants apparently are going to spend everything and anything. The Dodgers are judged. also... Um, Kershaw will be a free agent too. What do the Angels do? Because that's a big market team and... They better Otani lock... Otani just dissed They better the lock him up if they can because he's a free agent in 2024. I don't I think- don't know what they do, dude. They... they they spend their money so unwisely. I know. Like Anthony Rendon is just sitting there making I don't know how much he makes a year, but they a signed ton. him to a ridiculous contract. They gave uh, he's not there anymore, but they gave Justin Upton a one hundred million dollar. Oh, you could rattle off all the bad contracts they've done over the years. But like recently, Josh Hamilton, terrible deal. CJ Wilson, Wilson, terrible Albert deal. Pools. Justin Upton, uh, the Rendon deal. I like Rendon as a player, just fine. He just but got, he's injury prone. Not now. for that money. Yeah. Hurt. Noah Syndergaard, they gave like $20 million for never, one season. They've never addressed their pitching outside of getting Otani, yeah. who's also their... They did that, and then they traded him. And they also yeah. did that with Iglesias. Yeah. They paid big money for Iglesias to be their closer. And yeah, they, they traded, traded him. him. Yep. Not saying they made the wrong decision there, but... Yep. It's a very short-sighted... They were like, here's thing. Noah Syndergaard, who hasn't pitched in two years. Right. Save us. I think it's... I think. I think we've evaluated the entire league at this point. This offseason is going to be nuts, dude. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts. I'm, ex- I'm so excited. And you know who's not going to do a damn thing? The Diamondbacks. Why? <laughs> I don't they think they could. will. I don't know. Don't rule that out. I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I There's not a lot of come, holes. Come home, Dansby. It's a weird, come home. It's a weird thing to say about a team that's not really a contender, that there's no holes. But if you think about it, they kind of got every position figured it's out. It's like... Except for shortstop. They've got guys... Yeah. But even shortstop... You have two guys. They, they kind of, they've got a guy who they want to see. Yeah. So are you are you gonna go out and get? I'm not gonna say Trey Turner. That's never gonna happen. But if if you you want to go out and get Dansby Swanson or Tim Anderson when you you already have Geraldo Perdomo who you want to see and develop and Lawler's far. waiting in the wings. Maybe you do a New York Yankee thing that we just talked about with go get a Kiner good def- go get Jose Iglesias. Yeah. Maybe I'm just trying to think of good defensive shortstops. Andrelton Simmons, what's he up to? Nick Ahmed's coming back. Do you just ride it out with Ahmed and Perdomo? Maybe for one more year. Ahmed, this is the last year of Ahmed's contract. So do you just ride it with him? And probably if he can hit something, maybe you can you can trade him away at the deadline. But anyway, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. I agree. It's kind of weird talking about the Diamondbacks where it's like, oh, they don't have any needs. Pitching. Well, yeah, they have that. They, yeah, the <laughs> they, lineup- need, they need that. They need us. They need one more starter, maybe even two. Yeah. And then the whole bullpen. All the bullpen. The whole thing. All the relievers. Joe Mantiply. Joe Mantiply can stay. Yeah, he's fine. He's but he's not safe, a I guess. closer or back end guy even. No. He's really not. He's a lefty specialist, probably. Yeah, I agree but, with that. Yeah, um, yeah. I I hope they do something. They still need a right-handed bat. They still need some right-handed hitting. The Diamondbacks do. So many of these guys are left-handed still. I feel like we just did an entire off-season preview episode today. 
when this was mostly supposed to be about the Diamondbacks awards, which I think they might have a shot at like one or two. Christian Walkers should win the gold glove at first base. I think that's about it. The other ones are nice to have. I'll I'll argue maybe Varsho should win the utility gold glove. Again, because he plays catcher. And he plays it well. Yeah. He's not horrible a catcher. He's a seven footer that can dribble. And by the way, he also played a decent center field. And he's played in left field. I don't like him in center field. I I know that, but he's fine. He's fine. He can do it. Yes. Thomas is much better. Even Carroll's probably much better. But he he can do it. He can do he can play it well. I agree. Okay. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast this I'm week. I'm glad you agree with me. I do. Very rarely. Yeah. I was right about Tatis. I just want to point that out. <laughs> um, again, I'm living off I that one I was trying to remember a report oh, if you when it go, first happened. If you want to go way back, jeez, oh, our first episode this season, when I said that I was going to name a player you've never heard of, oh, he was going to be amazing, and I was so right, Stephen Kwan. Fine. Hit 290. You were right about Stephen Kwan. So right Are you Kwan. happy now? He's going to win a gold glove. <laughs> he might win a gold, a silver slugger. I don't know if he's up for it. I didn't see him on the list, but Stephen Kwan was amazing, and I just want to take full credit for that. You're welcome, America. Thanks for checking out the podcast this week. He's he's not up for it. Okay, for whatever. It. He might win it anyway. That's how good he was. For Cody Fincher, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. This has been the Ain't No Fang podcast that you've been listening to. Has it been? It has been on ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.